We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The MPW Digital Podcast Network proudly presents McCrady and Siski, powered by Rain Total Body Fuel. Join longtime SEC beat writer Neil McCrady and former South Alabama assistant, Alabama staffer, and Ole Miss recruiting coordinator Tyler Siski for an hour of football and fun. Listen and enjoy as they talk ball, the national landscape, and much, much more. Now, here's your host in the Clark Ford Studios, Neil McCrady. Welcome into another edition of McCready and Siski, powered by Rain Total Body Fuel. I'm Neil McCready. That is Tyler Siski. We're audio only today, uh, mostly because of my knee. It is also a weather day here in Oxford, a lot of uh, icy roads in our area and probably in a lot of areas where you are listening to this. So if you're out and about, be careful. Got a number of things we'll touch on today. Uh, probably do another podcast later in the week. I'm hopeful at some point next week I'll feel confident enough to um, go upstairs in my house where all the equipment is. I'm not to that place yet, to be perfectly honest. Five days removed from knee surgery. I don't feel like falling downstairs right now. Don't think that would be wise. Um, don't think my doctor would be thrilled with that idea. So uh, we're going to do it this way for a, at least for a little bit. It'll be okay. It's just middle of January. We'll talk about some things. Tyler, how are you? I'm doing great, man. Yeah, I don't think uh... – I don't think falling down the stairs would be necessarily part of your rehab. I'm going to guess that would set it back a little bit. How bad would that suck if you fell down the stairs and had to go get it redone? Yeah, I, I would be really depressed. That, that would take that would take a that would take a mental toll on me. I'm already discovering that there's a degree of a mental toll that that's already involved, and I'm just five days in, and that's and that's with. Uh, Wait, Laura's been awesome. I mean, she's been she's been above and beyond, man. I mean, taking care of me and helping me get from place to place and bringing my medicine. Someone asked me yesterday, "What medicine are you taking?" But like, I don't even know. I just she brings me medicine and I take it. And so I'm 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 not really sure. I got to catch up on that because she'll eventually have to go back to work and I'll have to handle some of this on my own. But the last few days has been. It's been awesome having her to uh, sort of handle it all. So that's been that's been um, that's been good. So where are you taping from? Are you are you in the what was the original studio? Yep, I'm in, I'm in what was the original studio. Converted this, we converted this back in the like a year ago, I guess, 
into yeah. kind of like a sitting a TV room. There's two TVs. There's a like a one of those big uh, L-shaped couches sort of thing. Yeah. So I've got lots of place where I can sort of uh, I can sort of stretch out and stuff like that, and I can maneuver around, and the dogs don't come in here, so I don't have to worry about tripping over them, stuff like that. So um, I've got got two braces i've got one brace that's just your regular brace and then i've got a brace that's got the the cold the ice in it with the water that runs through it and all that stuff okay so um kind of rotate those two and then the painkiller which i still take because i'm still in some pain not as much as i was at first but i'm still in some that painkiller kind of knocks me out so i'll look up and i've fallen asleep for an hour that's happened a few times so Getting a well, taste. Of, rested. Yeah, I, I my 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 Wara scores on my ring are are fantastic. So there's that to <laughs> be said for it. Uh, we're brought to you by Rain Total Body Fuel, 300 milligrams natural caffeine, BCAAs, electrolytes, zero sugar. It's got what you need to push the limits and achieve your goals. Check them out on Instagram at Rain Body Fuel to learn more. Neil, although this is a audio only podcast, I'm still riding with the rain valencia orange today and this this got you know just feeling feeling very sun kissedy today feeling very very fruity i had my own zooms this morning for work for quick cue so need a little afternoon pick me up and just in case i have to walk home from the office and my truck gets stuck i may need the extra energy you so, might how bad are the roads right now pretty bad all right so i have i have a four by four imagine that um i have a four by four um, ball at Cooper Chevrolet, which we'll talk about in a minute, but I got a, a trail boss. Uh, I put it in four low and it seems to be fine. Now, if you drive like a, a maniac, you probably uh, won't do well. Uh, yesterday, actually, I got out about 10 o'clock yesterday morning. The roads were very easy to drive. As the day went on, they got worse. Um, actually, after the snow had fallen, they got a little worse. And then this morning after sitting all night, it was a, I mean, it was, it was, it was hard this morning. It was, it was pretty slick this morning. Um, it amazes me how many people that don't have four by fours try to drive in this stuff. I have stopped between, and you know where my office is compared yep. to my house. So I'm, I'm about a mile from my house, mile and a half. I've stopped every single trip that I've taken from my house or to the office or back forward in the last two days, there has been somebody with flashers on and on that route, not in a four by four that I stopped to see if, uh, if they need help because my office for people that understand Oxford geography, my office, uh, the hospital is between my office and my house. Yeah. Uh, the new hospital. So I think a lot of those are employees or whatever, going back and forth, leaving the hospital, but uh, if you don't have a four by four, I wouldn't try it because there's too many, uh, too many places to get caught. So yeah. too many Hills and stuff and you don't have the traction. It's not going to happen. Yeah. I asked one lady if she had front wheel drive. She said, no. I said, well, that is why you were stuck on the side of this hill. So um, I tried to help her out a little bit, but she said her husband was coming. So uh, I waited till he got there. I don't want to freeze to death, but I was, I was being good Samaritan. My wife even said, that's very nice of you. I was like, well, you know, it is what it is. Uh, <laughs> But also, just so everybody knows, because I was in the 4x4, that we, we do not have the Cooper Chevrolet chat because we're audio only. But this week, Cooper has discounted the brand-new 2023 Chevy Traverse an extra $2,350. 
Now you can take over $6,000 off MSRP if you own or trade an eligible vehicle. Go to cooperchevrolet.com or call 256-236-5581. Excuse me, 236-4481. I had to send that to him because the phone number was wrong and I just read it wrong off the thing he sent me. All right, so the last time we podcasted, you uh, you said that Bill Belichick was being let go, resigning, being fired, whatever vernacular you want to use. Bill Belichick's relationship with the New England Patriots was ending that day. Uh, got hammered. You you did. You got beat up. Um, it you were off by a few hours, and I think only off because Nick Saban upstaged Bill Belichick uh, for the day. But Bill Belichick within 24 hours of that show did indeed see his relationship with uh, the new England Patriots be severed. Um, you pretty, I love, by the way, thing. I know, you, I know you're going to move on. I, I love this by the way, though, I was getting hammered one because he didn't like people were sending me tweets that it's 1203 hasn't been fired. And then once he was, it was released to the media at 6 AM. And so I said, what do you think's more likely that to happen that, Robert Kraft called Belichick up at 3.30 in the morning and said, let's meet, or that he was fired the day before and they decided to release it to the media at 6 a.m. Which one do you think is more likely? Uh, the 3.30 in the morning for sure. They, oh, yeah. For sure. That's what happens. That's how that works. People just yeah. wait. Kraft woke up in the middle of the night and he said, you know what? I'm ready to do it. Yeah. And, and it's he time. Fired him. Yeah. Ate a no, bad piece of pizza. It was the decision that had been made. Um you got a lot right on that show. You were one big, big story away from having like the all the show of, of your life. The biggest, the biggest one probably for our audience. But hey, you bat, you bat like you you hit seven fifty. Your first ballot Hall of Famer, Neil. That's true. Uh, I want to get to Saban first because we'll, okay. we'll talk about Belichick in a minute. I asked you in that show. And it's interesting because people are like, he was really wrong. I'm like, I don't know, was he? I mean, this was there was a lot going on. So that's what I want to dive into. I asked you in that show on last week, I said, Hey, what do you, you know, what do you kind of hear about Saban? Is there any chance that this is the end for Nick Saban? And I asked that because earlier in the week, and I don't remember, as God is my witness, I don't remember who told me, hey, keep an eye on Saban this week. But I was told, hey, keep an eye on Saban this week. There's a lot potentially happening. And um, I asked you, and you said, well, he's been busy interviewing people. And which was true. He's been, he had been busy interviewing people. Even an hour before the announcement was made, he was interviewing someone as for either the defensive coordinator or a defensive line coach or something. So what was that all about? Was he still just trying to decide? Was he was he following two paths and then ultimately decided, hey, I've got to I've got to do something? What what in your opinion, and I know it's somewhat educated and you have to be somewhat careful with what you say, yeah. but what what happened? Well, I was waiting on, and it had already happened when we did the show on Wednesday. I wanted to see how he was when he came back because I knew he does this every year. He'll 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 finish the season. He'll go off, have a couple of days, and he'll come back and do whatever, make changes or move on. And he had come back and started interviewing. Um, I know he interviewed DC candidates uh, that particular morning. We taped at eleven o'clock that morning on Wednesday, the day he resigned. Yeah, I had made a phone call to somebody. Um, in the building about something else about 
and I, we were talking about NIL and I had to answer some questions and talk about some NIL stuff. And I made the comment like, Hey, is Nick going to go do, uh, is he going to do the AFCA deal or are you going with him? Whatever it was, the AFCA is like, no, he's, he's interviewing. He was actually interviewing a wide receivers coach when I called, like he was in the middle of an interview. He goes, he's going to do the sec, uh, call here in a little bit. Um, but no, he's locked up, and so we're just whatever. So at no point in time, considering he was in, you know, I do have a doctorate in common sense, and maybe this was the time that it let that my doctorate let me down. But in no world do you start are you interviewing coaches um, three hours or two hours before you decide to shut it down? You know, I mean, something um, something occurred that he'd had enough, or something occurred that. Uh, it was just time to move on. And, and, uh, that apparently hit around lunchtime. You know, I would, uh, I would hate to be the guy who, who he was interviewing last because <laughs> people are always going to think you're the guy that sent him in retirement. But, um, I, I think something, uh, kind of clicked there around lunchtime and, and then he made the decision. And, uh, I was, I was a little surprised just to be honest. I, I I'm still shocked a little bit. It's, it's going to be different with him not being there. Um, it's kind of just one of those staples, you know what I mean? It's just, yeah. uh, he's been there pretty much my whole professional career. Um, and it's hard to imagine, um, somebody else on the sideline besides him. He'll be around, but it'll be, it'll be hard to imagine somebody else on the sideline. What do you think ultimately did it? Do you think he just decided that the, the, the grind of it, the, the way the, the way it has changed. I mean, he's always been the consummate grinder, if you will. I mean, that's never been a, Hey, I'm going to, I'm being asked to work harder. It's never been a, a problem for him. It is more and more coaches though. We're going to dive into this in a minute as it pertains to our friend Kane Womack and the, the changing landscape for him. But do you think it was just saving saying, I don't, I don't know that I've got it in me to do it the way that, I've got to do it for another year. You know, I think this year took a lot out of him physically, emotionally. I, I think it was his – I mean, the results don't say this, but it arguably was his probably best coaching job um, yeah. that he did in Tuscaloosa from where they started. Um, I thought my second year at Alabama was a hell of a job. We had Blake Sims at quarterback. That was a hell of a job. And because he, he showed you that he didn't have to be – Yes, he had talent. Don't get me wrong there, but he they came a long way. And uh, and at the end of the day, it's very difficult to win in this league. And he won every game. He won every single game in the league. Every league game he played, they were undefeated in the league. Um, that's hard to do. And so, I think getting older and just and just being it took a lot out of him. And and look, he's I mean he's got he's got grandkids. He's got you know a wife and. He's 70-something years old. He's got uh, – was he 72, 73? 72. And 72. And he's got uh, – he's, you know, I imagine he'll – he won't be far from it. You know, he'll be probably involved in media. Um, and it's a good time, NCAA, because we know you listen since you came up and said hello to us. It's a great time to break this bad boy off. You got you got a guy that's uh, ready to be the commissioner right now, and he's, he's looking for a job. I think it would be a great time for him to – uh, possibly help uh, fix this mess we've got ourselves into. All right, so I'm going to use a little of that to springboard into something else because this is it's a topic that you and I, believe it or not, have not talked about. Our friend Kane Womack, 
was a yep. guest on McCready and Siski throughout the football season. Resigned as the head coach at South Alabama earlier today, uh, as we taped this on Tuesday, January the 16th. He is, will be, I don't know if it's official yet or whatnot, but as, as we record this, I don't know if it's official. It will be soon. He will be the defensive coordinator at Alabama under new coach Kalen DeBoer. I've heard salary numbers. Um, if if they're accurate, great for Kane. Congratulations. Awesome. Uh, it's a lot more money. Good day, than- good day to be Kane. Good day to be Kane's uh, agent. Good day to be Kane's agent. Um, and Melissa, by the way. Good day to be Melissa. Yeah. So congratulations to their family, first and foremost. Their friends. I think you guys who have followed the show, you know that, Tyler. And Kane go way back. Kane and I go way back. We're all friends. Um, I'll, I'll be cheering for Alabama's defense next season. Um, that said, I know how much he loved that job. I know how much he loved being a head coach. Um, I know how much he loved the program, how much sweat equity, blood equity, tear equity in all likelihood he had put into that program. It wasn't all about money. He's young enough to make decisions that are not totally based on money. You and I talk about this, right? When yep. you're when you're my age or your age, and someone offers you a tremendous amount of money, you got to really be serious. You got you got to you probably have to take it. When you are his age, Kane's thirty six. You still have time. You have time to make decisions that are not financially based. At, at his age, as good as he is, as connected as he is. For him to take this job, I thought it said two or three things, and please tell me where I'm wrong. Yep. He told you that, A, he has a tremendous amount of respect for, for uh, Caleb, Kalen DeBoer, first and foremost. But it also told me that he looks at the current landscape of college football and says at a group of five job, even a good group of five job, you are so hamstrung. You are so handy, handy, handcuffed, handicapped, whatever word you want to use, that maintaining that might be maintaining your level of success might actually be beyond your control. It might be the equivalent of being a high school coach in some ways, which where, you know, let's say you're the high school coach at Ruston, Louisiana, home of the Bearcats. Well, there might be years where you're just super talented and you kick ass and you go win a state championship. And there might be years where you just don't have enough players and you're not very talented and you don't even make the playoffs. And it's not because you were a worse coach. It's because it was out of your control. And at a place like South Alabama, where when a player has success, the SEC schools and the Big Ten schools sweep in and try to take your players away, successfully usually, it makes it very hard to to build success on top of success. And to me, it was a, in, on one hand, a, a career move, and on the other hand, an admission that, hey, if I want to be a successful Power 5 head coach one day, I probably need to join one of those programs as opposed to waiting my turn at a lower level. Yeah, I think it's, you know, and we, uh, this was probably North Stradamus number two from the show on Wednesday. Um, and he he's not going to be the only one, by the way. There there's there's more um, coming. Um, I know of two more um, that are damn near close to done. Um, I'll tell you off the air. I don't want to expose okay. one of them. We we have talked about on the show before, um, but 
Um, both of those would be taking coordinator jobs at premier programs, um, top 10 programs. Um, so here's the deal is you look at to become a power five head coach from a group of five level. It's such a perception based deal and it, you don't become a head football coach in the FBS because you're a bad football coach. There's only 133 of these jobs. Imagine being one of the best 133 coaches on the planet. So, you know, I don't care what level, what school you're at. If you are thought of high enough to become a head football coach, you are a good football coach. Yeah. With that being said, to get a power five job, it's such a perception based deal. Uh, I mean, let's look at the, the, the rebound effect of this Caitlin DeBoer deal. Well, Jed Fish is Jed Fish is now the head football coach at Washington, okay? Yep. Which is, I think, we would all agree is a premier job in America. Former Arizona coach took Arizona to the top ten this year, gets the Washington job days after DeBoer leaves Washington for Alabama. Yeah, yeah. Well, five years ago, Neil, I sat in Jimmy Sexton's office and we interviewed him for the offensive coordinator job here at Ole Miss. Okay, so. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't become a smarter football. It's the same guy, right? And so it's such a perception. What have you done for me recently deal to get a power five job? If Jed Fish was seven and six, seven and five or whatever at Arizona and they just okay, he's not the head coach at Washington today. He's the head coach because of how they continue like it got better through the season. They wouldn't have hired him after losing to Mississippi State at the beginning of the year. It's such a what-have-you-done-for-me-now perception-based deal. Well, let's take that and apply it to this situation with Kane. Is Kane goes 10-2 Kane goes, uh, and two last year, had some opportunities, decided to stay. All right, he comes back, good football team, but for whatever reason, they had, had, had some roller coasters. Okay, but still had a winning season, went to the bowl game, won a bowl game, first one in school history, the whole deal, a lot of records set. Yeah. Well, now you go into going to next season, he's losing players to the portal, and you it's just you never know. I mean, he's one loss away here or there. You just have to it's a it's a crapshoot to get one of those power five jobs. He's not getting any dumber. It's the same guy that went 10 and 2 last year. It's the same, he's doing the same stuff. He he is a very good football coach. Now let's take him and put him as a defensive coordinator at Alabama. Okay. Alabama could have a terrible year yet next year and go nine and three. And he's going to be the defensive coordinator. Yeah, you know, they're going to be guys getting tampered with. Sure. But it's still Alabama. And all of a sudden, he's going to be the defensive coordinator at Alabama, going to have a good team, probably going to get a shot to play. I mean, would you, I would probably put them as a great shot to be in the playoffs at some point, you know, going to 12 teams. Now you're the D coordinator of a power five team that's in, that's in the college football playoffs. A lot easier to get a power five job that way and good and a good one. Um, oh, all by the way, he's probably getting a 250% raise and doesn't have to deal with all the head coaching drop. So it's a win, 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 I think for him personally. And I think that's, that's a lot of the reason why I think that's the route coaches are going to are trying to take now. Um, he won't be the first, he won't be the last. Um, you know, you look at, you know, Sean Lewis, he was at Kent State, and the guy goes to Colorado for one year. Uh, now he's the head coach at San Diego State. Could he have gotten a San Diego State job from Kent State? Probably not. 
uh, because nobody knew his West Coast ties. So I, I think it opens up a whole new set of windows for everybody. Um, I'm happy for him personally. Um, it, it's not an easy decision for him, though, and I want people to know that because uh, he's a good person. And he has a soul, um, unlike some people in this profession. He has a soul. He cares about people. Um, and, he, and he's got he's got a lot of, uh, you know, he let a lot of, you know, there's a lot of families that are sitting there, you know, kind of left out in the cold a little bit. So that's 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 hard to do. Uh, but at the end of the day, that, that I think that's what he had to do to uh, get his uh, career going to where he wanted to go. Over, under. By the time he turns 40, 40th birthday is over under. Kane Womack's a head coach at an SEC or Big Ten school. Oh, way under. I mean, it may be 12 months. Yeah, that's what I think, too. I mean, this isn't, going, this isn't a, you know, this isn't a, I don't think it's going to be a long stop at all. Um, yeah, I agree. I, I think it's under. Um, he, he's a great coach. I mean, he is. Um some of them, you know, I've, I've known it for a long time. You know, it's like him, Schumann, these young guys that you can just say that they, they got it, whatever it is. Um, he bleeds it. He's a good one. Um, and I think it's, go, it's going to help DeBoer too, you know, because with Alabama ties and things like that and understanding um, the league and things like that. So I think it's a win-win for everybody. People making a big deal out of the geography with DeBoer. Guy, he's from mm -hmm. South Dakota. He's mostly been out west his his most of his career. Um, obviously, he was in Indiana for a while, Eastern Michigan, I think, for a little while, Washington, that, that San Jose State, whatever. Um, Al, you've coached at Alabama. Alabama to me is a national program. It doesn't really matter. But how much will he have to overcome geographically? People point at the Harson Auburn thing and go, "See," and I'm like, "That's so stupid." But people still continue to say it. So I'll ask you, as someone who's in it. Is that something he's going to have to adjust to a different culture? I think that's a old take. You know, I think as the games change, that doesn't matter anymore. I mean, it doesn't matter if you're recruiting a guy from South Dakota or you're recruiting a guy from uh, Spanish Park, uh, Spain Park. I start to say Spanish. I start to say Spanish Park. How about that? There probably Go, is a Spanish Go, Park somewhere. Somewhere, Spain Park or Spanish Ford. It doesn't matter. It's about money now. And so, uh, and with all things are equal, it's about relationships. Um, and I think he, he's a there. He's a good dude. Um, he's good people. I think I don't think that's going to be a problem with him there. I think it's just a. I think it's just Alabama hasn't had a coaching changes so long that they that they don't know any different. Um, but it's going to be a complete one eighty, even inside the building. You know, he's a he's a different coach than Nick Saban. You know, he's a uh, not saying one way is right or one way is wrong, one way, one way is indifferent, but they're different people. So there's going to be some, you know, there's going to be some good things to change as well. Um, but, you know, it's just, I think I've seen some articles and things about the, you know, I call them the old guard. They got all their opinions on things. Well, their opinion doesn't matter. My opinion doesn't matter. Your opinion doesn't matter. I, I think he's going to do a great job. Um, not that it nobody cares, but I, I think the, Connections to the South and all that stuff. I think that's the most overrated um, deal there is. Now, what's not overrated, and I will say this, is that you have to quickly ad adjust to 
and it's everybody in the building, right? It's not just not the head coach. This is every new person that comes to, if you're coming from somewhere else, you do have to adjust what I call adjusting your evaluations and adjusting your eye. Um, and when I left, when I left Ole Miss to go to Alabama, I had to adjust my, my eye. And what I mean by that is this, is that you are on the, the top shelf you're on the top of the pecking order and you have to view evaluations that way. So guys that you probably liked at your last stop are not takes anymore. You can go get first pick. And so you have to be a little bit more stingy with your evaluations and a little bit more picky uh, because, you know, you don't need to go get development guys. There's that, that doesn't exist there. You're going to get ready-made guys. Um, and so you have to continue that brand and continue that that where they're at to keep that on that pedestal where you got first pick. You know, it's like a draft. Always, you've heard me say this privately to, to you. Recruiting there was like shooting fish in a barrel. Um, you couldn't get the word offer out of your mouth fast enough before they would commit most times. Yeah. And and at the end of the day, and Nick is probably the best I've ever seen in a house. He's unbelievable but the best recruiter in that building was the logo on the shirt. It's the best one in the building. The logo was the best one in the building. And all you got to do is keep the train on the tracks. It's already on the track. Just keep it, just keep it running. For DeBoer, if Saban hangs around Tuscaloosa and stays in the building some, which is what at least he's talked about to this point, how much added pressure is that? I know it's already an intense pressure cooker of a job, but, if you have literally have the legend that you're being compared to at all times physically there, how much harder does that make the gig? I, I don't think it makes it any harder. I, I think I don't think Nick Nick is not the kind of person that's going to make that hard. You know what I mean? Like regardless of what people think and all that stuff, this isn't a he's not a hang around guy that's going to make that hard. He's going to try to help. If Nick ever thought he was in the way, he'd get out of the way. You know that's just kind of how that's how he really is. I think he's going to try to help an NIL and help kind of bridge the gap and, and get the relationship started in some places and kind of smooth the transition. But he's not – he won't be getting in the way. I, I don't I don't think – that's not a Nick's personality. Um, there's so many of these coaching things I'm curious to get your thoughts about. I, I want to talk about some staffs. We talked about Kane. By the way, if you're a coach out there and you're uh, you're watching – I'd like the record to reflect, and I think Tyler would agree here, that Jeff Collins does our show for a football season and lands a pretty prolific defensive coordinator post at North Carolina. Came he told up. me to tell you hello, by the way. He uh, he he texted me something the other day. He said uh, something about scoops getting me on something. He, he, he loves him some scoops, so he told me to tell you hello. I think I texted him congratulations before you did. Yeah, you did. I was so I was on a zoom. I was doing something. I was on a zoom or something. And I had known about it, I guess, the day before, maybe. I just didn't know it was gonna be announced. Uh I talked to him maybe the night before or whenever it was. And uh I just didn't know it was gonna be announced. And then you beat me. Yes, what it was exactly what it was. You texted him or tweeted or something, and then and then yeah. he was like, Scoops is getting you get you to the to the beat. Yeah, but he I called me. To... I was pulling into my driveway and I answered and he's like, Scoops. <laughs> <laughs> well, I told him, I said, so when he told me about it or something, I said, awesome. I said, can I, can we go breaking news on the podcast and be the ones to break the story? He's like, no, no. He's paranoid. He's like, don't, don't do that. Let's, 
let me let me get through, make sure I get everything signed and everything. And then so, he just just retweet it when somebody else says it. I was like, well, that's not the point of break. So he wasn't with us long enough to understand the break. We did. <laughs> yeah. So. So anyway, he gets a gig. Kane gets the Alabama defensive coordinator job by doing our show. I mean, that's the reason he got it. And and so, right, That's man, the only reason. If it weren't for us, I mean, Collins, I don't know what he'd be doing right now. I mean. He'd be drinking rain and hanging out with us. Bob's taking care of him. Bob's sending him some rain to, to North Chapel Carolina. Hill. I mean, I mean, what are we doing, Jeff? So if, if you're out there. And 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 don't get me wrong. If if Jeff and and Kane want to come on the show every week next next fall, they can do that. We'll, we'll be happy to accommodate them. But in the event that their schedules don't allow, and you want to be the next person who uses this show as a springboard, a platform, a a, a trampoline to your next gig, we're here for you. Reach so out. Here's what we need. You know what else we need to do this spring? We need to take a road trip and go to spring practice and go to chapel hill and go to tuscaloosa for spring practice and sit down and do some interviews we do i'm sure we could get that worked out i'm i'm 99 positive yeah we need we need we need to do that that'd be fun that'd be fun so but no jeff jeff's uh i'm excited for him and his family uh it's close to home his wife's got family from around there um mac brown's a good you know obviously a legend um and they just got got a great staff there. Um, Pat Suttis, who runs recruiting at uh, North Carolina, I think is one of the best in the business. Um, he's a, he's one of the last. We got we got a couple of the last of the Mohicans. A couple of us old OGs are still doing it. I was smart enough to get out of it before they did. Um, but they just got they got a really good group in Chapel Hill. So excited for him. Uh, you also said on that Nostradamus show that where you got most everything right except for the saving thing. You said, hey, Hugh Freeze is going to make changes. Did uh, I not say between in the next 24 hours? Is that did I say the exact 24 to 48 hours? Did I, I did think that... I think you did. Now that I, I'd have to go back and listen to get the exact quote and don't make me do that. I don't want to, but yeah, I'm gonna make you go back and do it. But I you have nothing else better to do but sit on your couch and listen to old podcasts. Well, there's a lot of truth to that. Um but so Freeze is gonna call his own plays. We talked about that. Yep. Shaking up his staff a little bit. Cadillac Williams no longer a part of that staff. There's it, it it's it's got, it's got an int from the outside looking in. It's got an interesting feel to it. You you have more of an insider view as to what's going on there. Fill fill me in. Look, I think at the end of the day, um... we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I think he's saying, look, if if y'all want me to do this job, you got to let me do this job. And he's got to do it uh, with the people he trusts, the people who understand his system, the people who – and look, I get a lot of our listeners have this uh, Hugh Freeze fascination um, and not a positive light. Um, and personally, I don't give a fuck. So I'm just going to tell you – I'll just tell you how it is. Um, look, Freeze is a – you got to – Part of when you hire a staff, there's this there's this thing, and I hear this all the time. This is part of the one of the part of the professions that I really don't, it really bothers me. There are a you don't have to be coming from Ohio State to be considered a great football coach. There are a lot of really good football coaches out there. With that being said, when you go and you hire a staff, you have to hire people that one understand the way you want things done because that is the job of an assistant coach is to continue the message of the head coach. That's why he's the head coach. He is the the boss. And so whatever he wants done, you're not doing it your way. If you want to do it your way, go get your own head job and you can do it however the hell you want to do it. But when you're an assistant coach, your job is to do uh, the coaches hiring you to, to do his message. And I, I think that's uh, one thing with, with freeze is he's going to be able to get guys that he knows Guys that, that he knows how they work, uh, that he that he trusts in the business. I think he'll get those guys in place uh, to do what he wants to do. Now, when it comes to offense, he's going to call the plays. Um, and, you know, I think he should have been doing it from the jump, but that's just me because I kind of knew where this was headed. If it, if it, if he didn't call the plays, I could have told you this result a long time ago um, because that's just his personality. That's, that's not right, wrong, or indifferent, um, but – you know, I think he's one of the top five play callers in college football. And if he's not calling the plays, then what are we doing? I, I think it's uh, – I think he's better – the game's better when he's calling plays. Um, defensively, I think it's – it's he's got to get – the, the philosophies have to align, okay? So, if you're going to um, – and he's the head football coach and he can make those decisions, and I, and I think that's, that's what you're getting um, – with all these coaching changes is one getting guys that he wants in the, in those positions instead of being told who has to be in those positions by other people. And, but he's the head coach and that's, and look, if I, if I was to be a head coach, I wouldn't want somebody else telling me who I had to hire. I wouldn't want somebody else telling me who I had to go put in this position because it's my job and my reputations on the line. You know, how many, when you think of firings, you don't think about, Oh, he got fired because of the defense coordinator. You said the head coach got fired. And we talk about, you know, and the great example is a lot of, we got a lot of Ole Miss fans that listen. It's like the old, I call it the, this, the new Ole Miss scenario. When the offense does really well, it's a Lane called a great game. Lane <laughs> Kiffin called a great game today. But when the offense sucks, it's Charlie Weiss's fault. Yeah. So, you know, does that make sense? Like, yeah, you've got to, you got to, it happens everywhere. It happens everywhere. So, it's just you gotta. I just think it's uh, if you're gonna be a head coach, you need to run it like you want to run it. I mean, he's the head coach. That's what he gets paid for, and 
um, they're going to be better. I don't know how much better, but they'll be better than what they were this past year. It's the trap of Auburn is that there's so many cooks in the kitchen and, and you, you, there always has been, and they, there's ways that different people want it done. And you get a guy like Hugh who, look, he and I've had our differences. We've had, we get along at times. We have our differences at times. The one criticism of Hugh that I, that I would give, and I, he probably would agree with it is he really wants everyone to like him. He really wants everyone to like him and he needs to quit worrying about everybody liking him and just focus on the scoreboard because yeah, I think, he's, I, a, I think he's the, in a scoreboard business. Yes, he is. Look, I, I think that, look, they've been recruiting well, uh, especially in the high school ranks. I think they need some help in the portal when it comes to the portal um, moving forward in the next cycles as they come up. But at the end of the day, he's in a he's in a really good spot right now. Um, and what I mean by that is this: is there, there's going to be a vacuum in power when it comes to recruiting in that area. Um, and him and DeBoer got a got a it's like a it's like a whole opened up again. It's a new showdown, and and Hughes got a chance to really do some damage in the high school ranks around there. Because um, you have Georgia, Georgia's recruiting on such a national level right now that. You got a regional chance. You got Florida's down a little bit. LSU's kind of staying in their neck of the woods. You got you got a chance to do some damage in the high school ranks right now in that area. Um, and there's going to be and look, you know, and you got Ole Miss that's that's been really portal heavy. And when they have been high school heavy, it's been in their neck of the woods. Yeah. You got a chance. You got a chance to really to make up some ground in recruiting right now. Um, but the trick is, and that's why I said they probably need to make sure they they're good on the portal. Is you need to be around there when when that when that talent comes to fruition, and don't let somebody else be coaching it. All right, what about Traveris Robinson? There was a big thing made about that about Georgia, Alabama, where he was going to end up, what it meant. You're in the field. Fill me in. Yeah, uh, Kirby's out here playing chess, and everybody else is playing checkers. Um, T Rob, that portal is open for 30 days, right? I don't know what the day the day number count is now, probably 25, 24, whatever it is in Tuscaloosa. Yeah. Um T Rob recruited most of those kids. And so I would <laughs> I would be I wouldn't be surprised if if uh I was joking say Kirby's trying to make a super team. Um there, there's probably gonna be some guys um I imagine imagine uh bolt out and head towards uh head towards Athens. But T. Rob, T. Rob's a great recruiter, always has been, um, and he and they kind of took the Alabama was trying like hell to keep him. They made another push to keep him. Almost got him after he already left. Almost got him back. Uh, but yeah, Kirby's out here playing uh, chess, and everybody else is playing checkers. So uh, I sent out a tweet the other day, and I would like to back it up. I would like to place. A uh, hundred dollars on the Georgia Bulldogs to win the NFC South next year. Um, <laughs> they're going to be they're going to be pretty, a pretty tough uh, a pretty tough out next year in the playoffs. Uh, all right, so you mentioned NFL. Let's let's jump to the NFL a little bit. Yep. Jim Harbaugh is interviewed with the Chargers. Did this we say work? that on the? Did, hey, how about this? Let me tell you, other Nostradamus deal we did. You did do that. And I said the char and the Raiders were going to go after him, and if they didn't get him, they're going to hire who? So we're hey, we're Nostradamus on this thing. Antonio Pierce is is waiting, but but it literally a report came out two days ago that the Raiders are trying to get an interview, as well as the Chargers. 
All right, so I'll ask it this way. Since you're playing Nostradamus, Bill Belichick is the coach of who in September? Jim Harbaugh is the coach of who in September? Ooh. All right, can I pick two with Belichick? Yeah, sure. I think it's either going to be the Falcons or the Panthers. And, okay. here, and here's why. I know a lot of people – I, I actually made a joke the other day about the Cowboys. Belichick, unless he changes, okay, and I guess everybody can change. I think Belichick's got two years left, okay? I, I think he's the head coach somewhere for two years. I think that's kind of his two to three years max. I think he's trying to get the record, which I would be too. He's 15 short, okay? So, uh, of becoming an all-time winningest uh, coach in NFL history. Um, and in the t today's current environment, I don't ever see that being broken. Maybe somebody like Tomlin, uh, well, and we're on Tomlin watch. I haven't looked today. Has Tomlin resigned today? Uh, I don't think he has. I'll, I'll, I'll search. A lot of smoke there. While you're talking, I'll, I'll search. Yeah, a lot of smoke there. Um, but I think he – I the thing with Belichick is he's always had full control of personnel and everything else and been really involved. Um, a lot of people are saying Dallas and places like that. Dallas is never going to give the coach like Jerry Jones and Bill Belichick or oil and water. Um, could he go there for two years and, and win his 15 games? Sure. But the relationship when it comes to personnel, that would surprise me. Um, I do. We'll talk about Dallas. I mean, I don't know if they've made a change yet. I, I, I imagine they will be. As of um, this recording, Mike Tomlin is 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 still the uh, is still the coach. Is McCarthy still the coach of the Cowboys as of, as of this recording? Um, I'll look that up as you're talking. Go ahead. But I think that's the the big thing there. Um, so I would say the Panthers or the Falcons uh, with Belichick, and then uh, Harbaugh. I'm going to say the Chargers. I think uh, I think Harbaugh's proven what he can do uh, in the NFL with a good quarterback. Uh, and he actually, you know, Kaepernick was never the quarterback without him, you know, and if you, you know, basically Herbert's a, a Kaepernick that can throw as well, you know, so Kaepernick never could throw as well in the NFL. Herbert can. Um, I, I think he's the head, head football coach of the uh, Los Angeles Chargers. That would be my, my shot there. As we record this at 2.45 Central Time on January the 16th, Dallas has not made a move, nor have they given assurances that he will be back. Yeah. That was bad, dude. That was as bad of um, a game plan. That was as, that almost looked like they were just ready to breeze on through to the divisional round. You know, I saw that coming. I, I did. I, 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 on our I, wish picks, you, I wish you would have told me. At our picks at rebelgrove.com, I had Dallas winning, but I, I had Green Bay covering. I didn't like the Cowboys in that game. And and as that game kind of unfolded, I saw why, man. They Tyler, you can – you know, I never do the I know more football than you do thing because I don't. I'm not going <laughs> to pretend to. But I watched Dallas, and I was sitting in here, and I remember the thought going through my mind. You're on painkillers. You don't know what you're looking at. But they kept running the same offensive routes. They they have no – I've talked to you enough. I've talked to Pete Deweese enough to now know, hey, people, the way they use motion to get reads and to flood a zone, to confuse a DB. Dallas is just running go route, go route, a read route in the middle – maybe a little uh, underneath route with the back. They're easy to defend. 
and they're 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 not doing anything to help Prescott. And then Green Bay had a really good plan with Jordan Love. And they asked him to do things that he does well. They used motion. They did some things to help him. Got the ball out of his hands. Blooded his own. Came underneath it. Did some misdirection stuff where they thought they had an advantage. There's a lot of doing the, the Prescott thing. And I realized that it's easy to make fun of him and say, hey, he's not been a playoff quarterback. And he has not been a playoff quarterback. That being said, I thought there was a, a I thought there was a coaching masterclass done by Green Bay against against Dallas on Sunday, whenever that game was. And I think to pin that whole thing on Prescott's just wrong. I, there's yeah. something something happens with Dallas when they when it gets to the playoffs and it freaks out. This is becoming a routine now. To me, it looked like I agree. To me, it looked like they came out the first drive, they went three and out. Okay, Green Bay scores. They go three and out. And after that drive, dude, they just freaking panicked. They looked like they were in catch-up mode. They were. They looked like a road NFL team playing at home. They were. They were so out of sorts. They were pressing. Um, and I mean, it was bad. Like they were just pressing from the jump. They never even tried to get into a game plan. Never tried to get into a game flow. Um, when when they took C.D. Lamb away from them, because I think he had seven targets before his first catch, um, they were like – they went through the whole – basically the whole last half of the season by C.D. Lambing everybody to death. And then once they took him away, they had no answer to the point that they were trying to get him – put him at running back to hand him the ball. Like – Look, that's not what he does. I mean, he's yeah, he's good with the ball in his hands, but you got Tony Pollard, you got guys for that. They were doing everything they could to force feed him the ball, and it wasn't effective. And then Dak uh, started pressing, made a really on pick six was a really bad decision. Just started forcing and pressing things, and they were never in rhythm. And by the time they got in quote unquote in rhythm in the second half, it was too late. You yeah. know, the score, the score was what sixteen point game. Yeah, 16-point game, it might as well have been a 36-point game. It wasn't even remotely close. I mean, Green Bay's first three possessions were 75-yard touchdown drives. And then where they uh, – I, they... I mean, you I mean, you, you pin that on the quarterback if you want to. I'm not I'm not the Dak Prescott defense fund here. I'm that He was bad. But he – it wasn't – people simplify this and go, it's Prescott. I'm like, he doesn't play defense. They gave up three 75-yard drives to open the game. So he had like seven targets, right, to to start the game before he had a catch. First yeah. down, they threw the ball incomplete, second and ten. Then they tried to run it up the middle for or run some kind of inside zone for two yards. You're in third and long. They stayed in third and long more than any team in the history of football. That I doesn't work. I don't care what level you play in. But yeah. if you're in, if you if you try to live in third and seven plus, your ass is going to lose the game. You will lose the game if you try to. And then when you look at the other the other side, they distributed ball, and I thought Jordan Love. You know, he's had his ups and downs throughout the season. He's played well down the stretch. He played as well of a game. He 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 was on time. He was accurate. They spread the ball around, like you said earlier. They had a great plan. Um, they did a lot of sneak – you know, they called them in, you know, uh, man coverage a ton, sneaking uh, tight ends out the back end, you know, with some with some quote-unquote – we don't call them picks. We call them rubs. Uh, they they did a lot of – a lot of really good – they had dudes wide open. They did a lot of uh, – you know, bringing guys across the strengths and zone. They did a lot of things 
uh, to help him. They had, had answers for just about everything. And, and you know, Jordan Love carried them. And, and, but at the end of the day, you can't have that, dude. They're, they're a much better football team than, than that. That, that was, that's, there's no excuse of losing uh, by double digits at home in the first round of a wild card to a team that's just average. I yeah. mean, Green Bay is not a great team. No, window, window's closing fast on Dallas, man. It is. It's. It, I think it, it's closed. I, I, I think you're right. I think it's closed. I think they need to do – I think they have to have a complete retooling uh, with Dak as well. I mean, look at – you know, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. So, what's this, the second straight year that they've had a 12-5 and five season and lost in the first round? Yeah. So, you know, I, I think there's – I think there is merit to shutting it down and 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 retooling that thing. And that's coach, you know, that's that's everybody. And it's not because of players. You know, I think they got I got think they got some guy that their defense is really good. I think Diggs getting hurt early hurt them, you know, early in the season, but they got tools on defense. Um they got some weapons on offense. They need some more, they need a couple more receivers, but they need they need receiver and quarterback help in a hurry. They need some life advice is what they need, Tyler. They, they need to get in touch with uh, State Farm agent Cole Walters. He's licensed in auto, home, life, health, business, and pet insurance for the whole state of Georgia. We'll get life and we'll get some life advice to you guys uh, coming up soon. But contact Cole at 706-525-7850. I got to be honest, as someone who wishes he had some pet insurance, um, don't scoff at pet insurance if you've got a, a – a, pup in your house that's fully healthy the day might come where he or her he or she i should say needs a little uh needs a little medical assistance and you'll wish you had some pet insurance so, so get in touch with cole at colewaltersinsurance.com anything else surprise you from wildcard weekend we had the texans beat the browns by 31 chiefs beat the dolphins 26 to 7 we talked about the packers game lions and rams it was a a, 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 a game. best game of the weekend Best game, 24-23, Lions advance. Uh, Bills beat the Steelers on Monday, 31-17. And then the Bucks, not just beat, but just crush the uh, defending NFC champion Eagles 32-9 on uh, Monday night to set up the uh, basically the NFL quarterfinals this weekend. It's the Texans at the Ravens, Chiefs at the Bills on the AFC side, Packers at the Niners. Bucks at the Lions on the uh, NFC side. Um, I think you you saw the hot team stayed hot. Um, the only exception with that that didn't really play well with the Browns. They'd kind of been hot coming into the playoffs, and they they kind of laid an egg. They ran into a buzzsaw. Boy, the the tech. It's almost like the Texans and the and the Packers are are really similar, right? They're they're upstart teams with you know Jordan Love's been around a while, but he has a new quarterback. They're, they're very young teams. They don't know any better to be nervous. Um, and you saw in, and you know, Cleveland came out and was a little uptight and the Texans just went right down the field, man, and just didn't know any different. Same exact thing, obviously with the Cowboys and the, and the Packers. Um, but the, the, the chiefs and the dolphins game was probably two very, you know, struggling teams coming into the playoffs Kind of a sloppy game. It was cold. The coldest, one of the coldest games in NFL history. Um, that was the easiest under hit in the history of mankind. That under never moved, man. Um, so I got the under. I, I was waiting on it to move. Uh, it never did. Um, so I actually took the under and hit on that one. Um, I'm 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 excited to see the 
this week. The game that I the game that I want to watch that I'm all in on is the last one, the Chiefs at the Bills. Yeah. Um, you got Patrick Mahomes first road game. Uh, there's going to be a lot of uh, revenge, I guess, or, or motivation from the Bills side about you know their season ending in Kansas City. I think the last two years. Um, you know, they've had some they had some rough goes at it. I don't think they're as good as they have been, but with that being in the past couple of years, but with that being said, that's probably their best chance to get to a Super Bowl. Um I don't like I, I don't like sit, I mean, I know you got to get healthy. I don't like this sitting out this week off for teams that with like Baltimore trying to get, you know, a rhythm offenses and things like that. I think San Francisco is okay because they're going to line up and just they're going to line up and run it at you. But I, I think the uh, I think the Ravens are going to have a little bit uh, interesting. That's an interesting matchup with the Tech because the Texans aren't going to know any better. You know the uh, Ravens have a certain degree of Cowboys in them. It's they not, do not totally fair. You know I said this on the on the Oxford Exxon podcast earlier. It's not totally fair to do the Lamar Jackson playoff thing. Because I don't think it's all about him. But boy, their their record in playoff games with him and Harbaugh combined is not good. And so I think the start of that game against a Houston team that has nothing to lose, right? This is house money. If you had told the Houston Texans in the middle of August during the grueling training camp said, hey, boys, y'all going to play in the AFC divisional playoffs, they would have gone, what, what, what? They just chalked that up and said, what, we're way ahead of schedule. And they are. So it's a, it's, it's, it's a free shot for them. They can go up there and be loose and all that stuff. And if they can get that game competitive into the second half, it is a chance Baltimore gets tight. Yeah. The, you, you got a, AFC that we looked at six, seven weeks ago, and you had all these teams in the AFC, how competitive it was. And arguably behind, like if you don't, if it's not the Ravens, if you had to pick another team, who are you picking the Bills? Yeah, look, the Bills to me. They were six and six, cuz. They were they were a 5% chance to make the playoffs like four weeks ago. And right and now, you're looking th- yeah. Right now, the Bills are playing like a Super Bowl team. Yeah. Here's the thing. Like, you talk about all these teams, right? Let's just take them. There's eight teams left. One of these eight teams is going to win the Super Bowl. Do the Texans feel like a Super Bowl team? Not really. Do the Ravens? I mean, yes, but I have some I have some concerns. Because you, want to see it? you want to see it on Saturday. I need to see it, right? Uh, Green Bay, is that a Super Bowl team? I don't think so. Are the Niners? I think so, but... They've had some stinkers this season. Bucks, no. I mean, they just won a bad division. Detroit, Detroit's very fortunate to still be playing football right now. I mean, the Rams could have and arguably should have won that game. The Chiefs' their pass not, defense is going to end up costing them before it's all said and done. The Chiefs are not a great team this year. They've they have struggled. They have sputtered. Um, they have any other quarterback besides Patrick Mahomes. They're they're they're. I don't know if they make the playoffs. And then the Bills here lately look like a hot team, and they get it at home. They get that opportunity. I mean, but if you told me, like, 
which of those eight teams am I comfortable going? They're not going to the Super Bowl. Not which one is, but which one am I comfortable saying that team's not going to the Super Bowl? I, I think I'd say Packers and Bucks. I agree. And the other six? I mean, do I think the Texans are going to the Super Bowl? I don't. But if you told me the Texans beat the Ravens, I'm not just blown away. I'm not, I'm not floored. I would buy it. And if you told me the Chiefs beat the Bills, I'd buy it. Of course, because they have Mahomes. Yeah, the the Bills, their offenses, they got it. As long as they, if the Bills do not turn the ball over, they're going to be. They're hard to beat. Yeah, they they seem to. They kind of got that fixed towards the end of the year. Um, When they don't turn the ball over, they're hard to stop. And uh, if they can control that, they'll have as good a shot as anybody. And I'm okay with Josh Allen on the road. He they they usually play well on the road. They they usually don't lay eggs. I'm going to say I think we have a 49ers Bills Super Bowl. That's what I'm going oh, with. Oh, okay. I think that's what we'll end up with with said and done. I like the lines. I, I'm having, I'm finding myself. I've, I always like the 49ers. I picked them in our at the very beginning to win the Super Bowl this year, but I find myself cheering for the Lions and the Bills more than I do any other team. I just I tell like you what the. A, a Lions, Lions, Niners NFC title game would be really intriguing because Detroit can can get physical with you. Be a chance for Jared Goff, who you know the knock on him is he's bad in cold weather, he, so he'd probably get good weather out of, in the Bay. That would be intriguing, and then, I mean, a Ravens Chiefs or a Ravens Bills AFC title game is it's pretty it's pretty intriguing stuff. Yeah, no, I I agree. I I think it's uh, I like how they're doing the um, they they took care of the guys a little bit with the the Saturday Sunday games. I was worried about somebody having to play Monday and turn around and play Saturday, but they took care of all those all the teams. Like it it works out magically for the NFL again. Um, they charmed life, man. Hey, somebody's got to do it. Uh, but. The uh, the other thing is if it, if the Ravens and the 49ers make it, it goes to your conspiracy with the colors of the Super Bowl as well. Oh, the colors the go. that's I've been saying it from the from the beginning. But the Bills, think about this: five weeks ago, they were five percent chance to make the playoffs. Five percent chance. They got healthy and they got hot. Healthy and hot, baby. Yeah, healthy and hot. So well, that's all I got for you today, boss man. We've been brought to you by our friends at Rain Total Body Fuel, 300 milligrams, natural caffeine, BCAAs, electrolytes, zero sugar. It's got what you need to push the limits, achieve your goals. Check them out on Instagram at Rain Body Fuel to learn more. We're going to get on a schedule here soon. It's totally my fault, not Tyler's. Uh, we'll sooner rather than later, we'll, we'll get back on schedule. This week's been weird because of my recuperation and then the ice and all of that stuff. So uh, we'll, we'll we'll get back to you uh, here here pretty quickly with another edition of the show the before we go talking about rain i saw i found them they're here in oxford they are they are, have been delivered the new strawberry guava uh-huh. and citrus zest rainstorms i've had them both um pretty impressive boss to the yeah, point I'm where looking forward maybe, to the citrus zest maybe the two best flavors of the bunch peach the peach neck the peach has got a got a contender the kiwi's got like a contender that. As much you as like you strawberry? like I, I like strawberry stuff okay, yeah. It's it's on point. And the citrus zest is kind of like a uh, 
it's almost got uh, a sprite kind of oh. taste to it, but you can get a little bit of hint of grapefruit in it. Oh, that's that's my jam right there. It's it's I can see that being a very popular mixer. After my surgery, all I could think about was how bad I wanted a Sprite. Isn't that crazy? I just wanted a Sprite. Are you pregnant? Um, I mean, I'm, I might be. I don't know. <laughs> hey, I got. I do got to say something funny. I meant to. I meant to talk about this when we were talking about Kane. I got in trouble today. Um, so my wife texts me. I'm at the office. My wife texts me. She goes, "Did Tank? Did Kane take the Alabama job?" Because I don't tell my. You know, I just didn't tell her yeah and i was like yes and she goes she's now she's mad at me so melissa had text aaron about some schools and stuff <laughs> in tuscaloosa and she was like why is she asking me about schools and stuff in tuscaloosa and she couldn't she couldn't put two and two together so she got her taken care of and then when i told her today she goes well thanks jackass i could have i could have had a decent conversation with her i had no idea so she was, so Melissa was texting Aaron about Tuscaloosa stuff and my wife had no, she had no idea why she was texting her that. So I got my ass ripped for that this morning. So that was fun. You were just doing your job. I, I told Laura about Kane this morning. She was like, really? And I mean, I had no idea. I mean, she, Kane's one of the few names she even knows in, 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 in football circles. So she heard that one. So it's. I, I you could almost see the wheels spinning. Like, wait, why would he leave being a head coach? And like, yeah, it's, this is this thing that's been happening for a while now. So, now it's going to be the. I think a group of five wrapping this thing up. I, I think group of five ads are in a whole new, yeah, you know, a whole new kind of hiring who candidate pool. I, I think it's going to change things. I think you got to be, you know, for how many years now has it been? Okay, we're going to hire the the young and up and coming guy. And he's going to stay here a few years. And if he, when he leaves us, that means we're doing good, you know, and, and we'll just, we'll take his buyout and we'll pay for the next young and up and coming guy. We'll just keep, keep moving on. And I used to joke, I mean, how many years did Arkansas state fund like their athletic department off of buyouts? I think they had four straight coaches in a row leave to take jobs. Yeah. yeah. They literally funded their athletic department for half a decade. Um, I, I think that's going to change now um, because you're adding this new element to, okay, is he going to leave and take a coordinator job as well? Um, and so who do you hire at the group of five level? And I think the first question you have to ask is there's somebody in the building already that we can hire. Why do you do that? Well, you got a 30 day window. And, and if you got somebody that's a good relationship guy with the players, it's already in the, already there you're probably best suited hiring that person to keep those guys from transferring or leaving or, or doing everything you can to keep them from leaving continuity um, and all that. Yeah. Stability, yeah. stability in, in that. And then the, the other one is if, if your roster is good, I, I think you're in a situation like Joe Erdman is it's at South Alabama. He's got, you know, two for sure, you know, major Apple whites, the offensive coordinator. He's got Jay Hobson. Who's been the head coach at, at Southern Miss. He's got two, uh, guys in the building that have done it uh, at the level gives yourself. So you got options in the building to keep the stability. If your roster is good, if you need to reset, then reset it. But who do you reset it with? Um, and I, I think you may, you know, reset it. I don't mean this. I don't mean it to sound like this. You don't want to reset it with guys that it's a young man's game. 
And so you don't want to reset it with a young hot shot up and coming guy. You'll be in that same spot. I think you reset it. And I think like what Rich Rod's doing at South at Jacksonville State's a perfect example, right? Yeah. So, you know, who's hiring Rich Rod to be the next head coach? It's a very small pool. Okay. Probably rhymes with Crest, Virginia. Okay. So you got a really small, you got a really small pool of of <laughs> I couldn't think of anything. It rhymes with Virginia. I'm not a rapper. Crest, Virginia. Crest, Virginia. <laughs> um, but you you have a really small pool of of schools that can maybe hire those guys and give you some stability and, and that can build a roster and build a culture. Um, you know, I, you know, I mean, if I was Joel, I'd probably pick up the phone and, and call our guy. I mean, he may say no. He may tell me to kick rocks, but I'd probably call our guy Sean Elliott at at, at Georgia State. Yeah. See if he's because he's a he he's a stabilizer. He's a culture guy. He's he's seen the the dog and pony show, and he's really good at culture. And and I'll say this: I want to end on this. I think that's where the success at the Group of Five level is being had today. Period. Is culture coaches. Look who's had success in Group of Five, and look who they are. You know, we had Rich Rod on the show uh, on our last call-in show, and he's told me this, you know, off the show, but. He said, I've never sacrificed the culture ever. And no matter what, with NIL and all that stuff, I've never sacrificed the culture. It wins. You look at what uh, Sean Elliott has done at Georgia State. He never sacrificed the culture. You look at what Kane, Kane did down there. He never sacrificed the culture. You look at what John did at Troy. He never sacrificed the culture. And so when you look at who's having success at those levels, it's a, a culture guy that can build that inside your program. And everybody's going to use that hot word, but you got to sort through the bullshit and find the ones that actually can do it. Um, and I, I think that's the, the mode of success at that level. Cause you're not going to keep players. You're not going to keep good ones. Nope. Uh, they're they're going to come and go. Yeah. And I mean, South's probably going to go through it a year from now because Gio Lopez can play, can play the quarterback. That's going to be the starting quarterback at South. Yeah. He can, he can play. And so everybody's going to see that. And the guy's going to probably gonna get a, a check next year. It's going to be hard to keep him. Impossible. So, to keep yeah, it's it's where I think it's inevitable that there's a breakaway. There's a, a, a group of five championship and then a power championship. I'm, I think it's inevitable. I think yeah, it's, if the rules, if the rules don't change, that's really the only way. Right. I mean, if we get uh, to a place where the and again, this is not about Kane. Kane's an example. If. Being the coordinator at a high-level power four job is that much more fruitful than being the head coach at a high-level group of five job. If the disparity is that extreme, and it is, then they don't belong in the same under the same umbrella. Yeah, and then especially when the rules don't change, right? Right, because you're 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 under. This is a new game. This is a whole new, a whole new template. This is a whole new game. Right. So now, now you got the experience gained as a coordinator at that level with roster building is completely different than the head coach at a group of five level. Yeah, because the head coach at a group of five level, you're recruiting high school guys. The portal guys that you're getting at the group of five level, the reason they're they're coming to the group of five level is because nobody offered them a bag at the power five level, power four level, whatever we're calling it. Right. So that's it's very 
group of five level is what it used to be, except your good players can leave at any point in time. The power five level, you're recruiting elite high school athletes, and then the rest of the spots, it's almost NFL-ish where you're going and having to pay people from other schools to come pay, play at your place. Yeah, so, so for a guy like Kane, right, the, the one thing on his resume before this that was lacking if you were an SEC job and you were looking at hiring late 30s Kane Womack was, well, I know he's got great pedigree. He's been in the Big Ten. He's an excellent defensive coach. He's built the program. He's built the culture. He's done this. He's done this. But has he really managed the portal and 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 uh, collectives and all that stuff at the high power five level? And the answer was, well, no, not in this era. Now it's like, yeah, he did it at Alabama. He was DeBoer's right-hand man at Alabama. So he checks that box. I mean, he becomes by literally taking what on paper – looks like a quote demotion and I realize totally it's not believe me I get it but you go from head coach to defensive coordinator but by doing it he enhances his resume dramatically in a way that makes him far more attractive when one of the three or four or five SEC jobs that I think could open up next year open up yeah I, I mean I know one in particular that he'll probably be a strong candidate for I mean, I know of one in particular where probably his candidacy just got magnified immensely by the fact that he's going to have a year at Alabama. Me too. And here's the other thing is that where he will do a great – where the other thing that kind of enhances it is now he's got that behind it. But when he goes and does an interview, like a, a head coach interview or talks to those guys, He's already had the head coach experience, so he's going to yeah. know how to do the interviews, and he can. And obviously, he's been on our show. You know how well of a speaker he is. I mean, he's he's. It's going to be the. It's going to you know. I think it's going to rocket his career at a much faster trajectory than being the head coach at South Alabama would have. I agree. So, all right, man. Appreciate the time. We'll talk again soon. All right, brother. Thank you.